The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. They won't do that. (laughs) And here he is. He might fire one up. To get over 50. He's got it! He shot that from half court. everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where just in case people were starting to forget, LeBron James decided to wake up and make this the week, the week he'd like to very matter-of-factly remind everyone that when he wants to be, he is still, in fact, the best basketball player in the world. And along those same lines, G League superstar Isaac Bonga would also simply like to say, same, same. <laughs> and- <laughs> Andy. Is Isaac Bonga the true young core sidekick that LeBron James has been waiting for and needs? Your thoughts? No. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, Andy, while LeBron James is over here scoring 51 points, 44 points, averaging the most points he's averaged since 2009-10, guess what Isaac Bonga's doing in the G League right now? Through seven games, he's averaging 17 points, 5.4 rebounds, 2.6 assists, on 50% shooting, hitting 2.8 threes a game, shooting wow. 48% from three. And just in case you're wondering, is that is that shot? Is that stroke fluky? He's also shooting 85% from the line. So 
<laughs> Isaac Bonga. Considering that he could not walk or dribble the ball to save his life in uh, Summer League, to go from that to now, I mean, those are bigger strides than anything we've seen from the young core this season, am I right? And we'll get to that in a oh, little yeah. bit. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so obviously tonight I am not joined by Tommy and Alan. They are on Thanksgiving break early, I guess. They got some uh, work stuff to take care of. So uh, my good friend Andy Chang is back as our understudy and fill-in for tonight. Um <laughs> 30-plus year season ticket holder, Andy Chang. Welcome again to the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Um, what was the most recent game you were at, by the way? Was it the Tyson Chandler block game? You know, I haven't been to a single game this year. Oh, no. When's your next one? Friday. Oh. So, Donovan Mitchell showdown. Oh, the sophomore slumping Utah Jazz. Well, hopefully they keep sophomore slumping on Friday. That'll be a pretty good test no matter how much they're struggling. But hey, welcome to the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Andy, welcome again. Thank you, thank you. It's it's the LeBron James show right now. Uh, Return of the King. So Andy and I have been playing in the same fantasy basketball league for the last few years or so now. And I think this is one of the first years that Andy somehow wound up with the number one pick. Right, Andy? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So obviously with the new arrival of LeBron James to the Lakers, Andy was caught in this kind of uh, catch 22. I don't even know if that's the right phrase. Catch 22 of who to pick with the number one um, selection. And, uh, you know, at the time we both considered it a reach to pick LeBron James. But after what LeBron James has done this past week, carrying the Lakers on his back, Andy, putting up 51 points against the Orlando, no, putting it, sorry, they lost to the Orlando Magic. (laughs) We needed 51. (laughs) He kind of struggled against Orlando, but he did put up 51 points the next night against the Miami Heat. On the season, okay, these are LeBron's averages. For one thing, LeBron James is averaging the fewest minutes of his career, 34.4 minutes per game. Yet somehow he is averaging the most points he's averaged since 2009-2010. That was the last season. That's the last season he was with the Cavs before he left for the Heatles. So he's averaging the most points he's averaged since 2009-10. Um, averaging 28.8 points, 7.7 rebounds, 6.9 assists on 52% shooting from the field, but more surprisingly, 40% from three, hitting 2.4 a game. So by the way, that is a career-high 2.4 makes from three. His next highest mark in three-point makes was last year when he hit 1.8. So Andy, it's very clear LeBron can play with pace and can thrive in an up-and-down game, but more specifically in the last few games, it's very clear that he can still very much take over when he wants to. So with all that said, are you still feeling like that was a reach for you at number one for fantasy basketball purposes first? (laughs) Fantasy basketball, um, I still think Giannis would have been the better pick. (laughs) But but factoring in the Laker bias, definitely I made the best choice so far. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's done wonders for your team this past week. You won, right? I'm assuming you won. I did. I mean, I've been, uh, I'm, I'm now in first place. So I've oh. just been sweeping up every single week, winning 6-3. And then this past week, 7-2. The previous week, I should have won 8-1. But I, I had a brain fart and I sat someone, um, and I didn't, I didn't update my, my, my uh, lineup. So should have a bigger lead, but I can't complain. I'm sitting in first place. Ah, the cardinal sin of every fantasy sports player. 
not setting their lineups. But hey, in spite of that, LeBron James is carrying your team like he's carrying the Lakers currently. The Lakers are now 9-7. and seven. They probably should have won against the Orlando Magic. They came out of the gate pretty strong and then kind of just became complacent, stopped playing defense, and in the Tyson Chandler era, that was our first loss. But with all that said, we are still 9-7, slowly creeping our way up to the top of the Western Conference. Okay, quick overview of the Lakers thus far. First of all, what are your thoughts on how the Lakers have looked? Obviously, they've hit a somewhat easier schedule, but are there any encouraging signs that you've seen? And are you glad that I mean, you had anticipated at the start that we would kind of struggle and kind of be around that 500 level? But how, how do you feel like they've been playing recently? And do you think they've kind of hit a stride? Yeah, I think they've been playing a lot better the past couple of weeks. Um uh, the 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 team chemistry I, de- I think definitely is there. Dyson obviously has helped tremendously. Um, surprisingly, that Rondo that Rondo Ingram suspension I think kind of turned things around there for a little bit, mm-hmm. especially for Ball. Um, and I think yeah, things are clicking. Yeah, I, I think it's taken them some time to adjust to the in and outs of players coming in, players coming out. Obviously, now Rondo is out, unfortunately, for the next four weeks or so. Um, hopefully, Lonzo Ball can take advantage of that fact. Brandon Ingram can take advantage of that fact, playing a little more point guard. But tonight's episode, we're going to do a quick one, a quick pre-Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving tailgate um, to, to set you guys right for the week uh, and talk about mainly just LeBron James' dominance the last week or so. Thoughts on this Bradley Beal, John Wall um, trade rumors and speculation with the Washington Wizards experiencing some intense locker room turmoil and strife. And then we'll end with just talking about the young core and whether these guys are the guys, quote unquote, the guys and whether or not they've over or whether they've met our expectations um, thus far at, during the start of this season. Uh, before we get to that, though, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate interview us on iTunes because the more you rate interview us, that is one less pump fake and dribble Brandon Ingram will employ as part of his <laughs> offensive isolation game because those can indeed be offensive to your eyes. So, ISO, eyes. Offensive <laughs> to your eyes. Um, you don't like it when Brandon Ingram pump fakes and uh, eats up 15 seconds of the shot clock, do you, Andy? Oh, no. Who? I mean, who likes that? No one likes that. Stop it. Just, Just stop it. Carmelo Anthony likes it. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> also, if you're in the giving spirit because of the holidays and you would like to help us out financially in any small way, patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast is where you can go. All right, with that said, Andy, let's just talk about LeBron James again and, and gush over this guy. He's a, he is, in fact, a Laker. Lakers are seventh in the West, nine and seven. Like I said, LeBron dropped 51 points against the Miami Heat. He dropped 44 points against Dame of Thrones on Wednesday against the Blazers, and somehow we came out with that win. Uh, and somehow we're two and one against the Blazers, a team that we have struggled to beat in the last six years. So I guess what are your impressions of what LeBron James has done this past week or so? Because he hasn't always been this in tune and and I guess engaged. Um, He's still been remarkably, he's been doing remarkably well in spite of that. But I think in the last week, you've seen him kind of turn the dial up a notch or two. He's been dominant. I I wouldn't necessarily say he's been bulldozer LeBron dominant yet, which is crazy to think, as most of his dominance, I think, has come on the backs of some 
spectacular stellar outside shooting, the likes of which we haven't seen since uh, Gilbert Hibachi Arenas. <laughs> <laughs> what? Throwback. I know. Before Steph Curry, there was Gilbert Arenas. I want to point that out to everybody. So I'm going to throw it out, yeah. throw, throw it back to Gilbert Arenas, give him some, some due credit. So yeah, I, I feel like he, as dominant as he has been, it still hasn't been like true bulldozer barreling, like unstoppable LeBron yet, which, which means he can d- dial it up even more. Um, but with that said, what have you thought about this turnaround and what do you think has led to it? Is he tired of hearing the criticism? Is he tired of his team's inconsistent play or is just, or is this just part of the program of him incrementally stepping things up month by month? Your thoughts? Well, yeah, I think a little bit of everything that you just said, but according to him, I think it was an interview um, last night or something, uh, he mentioned the time change and the, the adjustment from East Coast to West Coast and how his body has just been so used to this um, three-hour difference, and now he's finally settling in, both he and his family. I don't buy that. I, <laughs> you know, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um yeah, I'm more with you. I, I think it's just kind of fed up with it. Um, you know, his patience is running a little thin there. So I think he just decided to, you know, crank it up a notch and uh, be LeBron the king rather than LeBron the the innocent bystander sitting by. Um, but you can still see, I mean, a lot of possessions. He's He just kind of, I don't want to say takes the possession off, but... He kind of lets the other guys just do their own thing while he kind of sits on the wing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's doing a little less of that now. How um, much? Maybe. Of... It... Sorry, sorry I was going to ask you how much of it is him just kind of uh, trying to gain like a second wind and preserve himself, and how much of it is him trusting the process, or are they not mutually exclusive? Maybe he's doing both. I think it's more, yeah, trusting the process, getting to know his teammates. A little more seeing what they like to do seeing their tendencies on the court um, sometimes like you know for example when we play pickup and we play with guys that we've never played with you kind of just have to study them for a while and see what they like to do mm-hmm. um, and I think you know of course he watches tape on all these guys but it's not the same you know when you're on the same side right. so uh, him being the pastor and him liking to initiate the offense i think he just it just took him a little time to get to know everyone and and um yeah i think a couple weeks in um he started really engaging more and and, uh i for for what i think it's it's been a lot better our offense um you know as opposed to the first couple weeks yeah it's interesting right because i feel like we've started to see more of uh LeBron, you know how like when LeBron is at his best, he's affecting the game in every single aspect from he's the lead point guard, he's running the break, he's dunking, he's also the finisher somehow. He's like this guy who teleports everywhere. Like he's actually active on defense as the help side guy blocking shots. And then all of a sudden, oh, he's leading the break. And what? He's finishing the alley-oop too. I feel like we've felt that presence more from LeBron recently. And also he's bombing threes from 38 feet um what has there has there been anything specific that you've seen in his game that you've especially liked or have you been or you've been like oh yeah that reminds me of the the lebron that i used to 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 watch when he wasn't a laker or anything that 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 you've particularly like been drawn to or excited about yeah i of course us being you know the three-point 
<laughs> lovers. Um, I love seeing those 40 foot shots, even though they're a lot of them are terrible shots. And you know, exactly. It's like watching Kobe, you know, when you, he's measuring the guys out. He, LeBron does this from like 40 feet away and he does the same step back to his right kind of thing and <laughs> just to draw, you know, foot of space in between him and the defender. And usually the, the shots look pretty good. Um, and I think they're starting to fall lately, but, uh, I think the, the, the level of comfort with the offense is, is kind of settling in now, finally. And it's good to see him just kind of be free in the offense and jack up a bunch of bombs because he doesn't care and no one else does either. <laughs> His step back threes, by the way, are some of the most nonchalant three point shots I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. It's like, I've never seen someone do it with such ease and act like it's nothing, you know? And I, I don't know if yeah. that has to do with just like his strength that he's able to, these are frozen ropes too from 40 feet. They're pretty flat. <laughs> when he shoots them, they just like zip through the net and you're like, whoa, that's insane. Um, yeah. But do you think also, I'm sure he's worked on his shooting knowing that he'd be on a pace and space up and down type team. Um, do you think some of that, I'm becoming older dynamic is entering into his head where he's like, I'm not, not necessarily that he's going to convert into a jump shooter, but even Kobe had to undergo this kind of transformation into becoming more of a spot up shooter per se, even though LeBron James is not spotting up for most of these shots, he's literally dribbling and then taking two feet back to hit the shot. But do you think any of that is coming into play in his head? And I, I actually think it's very beneficial to him that the start of his dominance right now is not based off of him just running people over and using his athleticism because that just means he's preserving that still for later. So I guess my first question yeah. is, yeah, do you think he's maybe thinking about that that next stage of, let me perfect this outside shot so that I can have something a little more to rely upon when I'm trying to preserve myself for the, for the long run? Yeah, I think a little bit of it. Um, I, I also think it's just kind of like the evolution of his game. He's just, he's he's mastered every single part of it and the last couple things that he needs to fill in his game are those long curry bombs um so you know that's it's like you get sick and tired of doing the same thing where you just bulldoze your way through and, and get an easy layup why don't we just take 40 footers now and see you know if we can make those too so maybe it's a little you know preserving and I, and I'm sure, cause when you, again, going back to those step backs, they're all, they all seem like they're in super slow motion too. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. it takes no energy for him <laughs> to do that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think preserving the energy and also just kind of seeing what else can I do? Testing my limits on the court. Are those 35 footers possible? So you think this is a playful LeBron as he's hitting like six threes? I think threes so. <laughs> I think so. It's like a bored LeBron, like, all right, let I mean, me wake up out of my chambers and do something tonight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't really followed him his entire career, but I don't remember him just being so nonchalant a lot of the possessions. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe that is, you know, some maturity like he spoke about. But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's early in the season, so maybe he's just kind of testing the waters. 
And speaking on his three-point shot, you said he's been making it recently, and boy, has he been making it. I don't know if you remember him starting off the season. He was like 0 for 4, 1 for 7, 2 for 8. He was shooting like 20% from three. Yeah, he was taking 23-footers. He needs to take 33-footers. <laughs> that's, that's a fair point. But all of a sudden, he decided, all right, enough of this. I'm going to start hitting these shots like I'm Steph Curry. Steph Curry percentages because, check this out, since October 29th, LeBron James has gone 31 for 61 from three-point land. Wow. That's insane. That has to be like one of the hottest stretches he's ever been on yeah. um, from outside the arc. So, But I will say, even with that said, he still also has shown a more willingness to drive the ball, right? Getting those and ones and some of his dunks, especially in the Miami Heat game where he's just tomahawk jamming this from almost, you know, just inside the free throw line is very reminiscent of the LeBron James we've come to know and love, the athletic young version of LeBron James. So just showing us, too, that he's still got his athleticism left in the tank if he wants to show it off. Some of the passes he's thrown that lob to Tyson Chandler in the Miami Heat game. I think overall, even just getting, and this is what, probably, what percentage do you think LeBron's at right now? This is 65% LeBron. He's maybe turned it up 15% from the 50 he was going at. So (laughs) I feel like right now that the the best part about LeBron is just watching him play this chess game in his head of when to exert himself and how to best manage himself. And I give a lot of credit to Luke as well for managing his minutes. Like I said, this is the fewest minutes LeBron has ever played at 34 per game you know so mm-hmm. I think that's a good sign and obviously things will ramp up here and there but I don't know I'm, I'm encouraged by LeBron any last things you want to say about the king before we move on to those other guys <laughs> <laughs> now let's jump into it hey this is Brian from the almighty baller podcast network here to talk about keeps so there's just no two ways to say it losing hair is awful Nobody wants to go through it. And two out of three guys are going to experience hair loss by the time they're 35. This is the world we live in, people. Now, I personally haven't started this, you know, downturn, but I got a couple of people close to my life that go through it, and they always say, should have started it sooner rather than later. So anyways, these FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes, now and starting just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. So they've ironed out the process. Basically, you just take a photo of your hair and you shoot it over and a licensed physician will review the information and recommend the right treatment to you and then, boom, shipped right to your door every three months. So Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month. Uh, Plus, now you can get your first month free uh, to, to what? To keep your hair. So come on, what are we talking about here? To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash almighty. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash almighty. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash almighty. Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. Okay, before we move to the other guys, though, some recent news and speculation has come out with the Washington Wizards that is not unexpected in in any way, because, I mean, we've been talking about Bradley Beal for the last two years, because... Even starting maybe a year and a half ago, him and Wall were just having so much, it was such a contentious relationship. And you know me, I'm a Bradley Beal truther and lover since pretty much he came into the league. And he is probably very available. The Washington Wizards have got to do something about that toxic situation, whether it's removing Wall or removing Beal. Right now, I don't think a lot of people want John Wall. I personally don't. Um, So the guy that everybody is eyeing right now is Bradley Beal, the uh, stud shooting guard who is still somehow only 25 years old, 
that's only two years older than Josh Hart, by the way. So if you put it in that context and perspective, kind of insane to think, <laughs> given Bradley Beal has been in the league for, what, five, six years now? Averaged 20-plus yeah. points for three of those seasons and done some crazy things in the playoffs as well. But with all that said, Bradley Beal next year still is under contract. He's going to be making, I think, $27 million. Obviously, he could help the Lakers by providing LeBron James with that reliable superstar. Um, but that contract of his, twenty-five, he's under contract for 25 mil this year, 27 next year, and then 28 million in 2020-21 season. Do you have any thoughts on this potential Bradley Beal on, on Bradley Beal potentially being available, and do you think the Lakers should take a gander? Given the fact that the Lakers have bigger fish to fry, you know, they are preserving some of their cap space for, or all of their cap space, actually, for Kevin Durant in this this upcoming offseason. He, he's going to be eligible to make $38 million and they need every cent that they can get. That's why they signed those expiring contracts of KCP, Rajon Rondo, uh, Michael Beasley, Lance Stevenson. That's all going to go to... Um, Kevin Durant eventually. Now, if you're looking at a lower level tiered max player, like a Kemba Walker, he's only owed 32 million. So there's a little more wiggle room there. Um, But with that said, do you think that the Lakers would make a trade for Bradley Beal by giving up guys like, and obviously we would have to match his $25 million contract and salary. So Mm -hmm. you'd probably use KCP, but that's going to eat up into the uh, Kevin Durant money, obviously. Um, and KCP has a no trade clause, but you'd presume that he'd waive that if um, he got more playing time with the Wizards. And also, here's another thing. Here's my conspiracy theory. I think the Lakers gave KCP one more year at twelve million dollars, and they have like a wink, wink under the under the hand uh, under the hand under the table <laughs> under the table agreement with KCP and Clutch Agency, um, telling them like, hey, we'll give you this extra twelve million for this next year, but. Should a trade come along that we really like, you've got to be amenable to waiving this trade clause, and uh, you'll get playing time over there, and you'll get this twelve million. But we've given you nineteen million last year, twelve million this year. You've got to help us out. So I think that could be at play too. But presumably, you'd have to add KCP and definitely one of Brandon Ingram or Lonzo Ball, if not both, to even just make the salaries work, and also to continue to still preserve cap space for summer 2019. So with that said, are you willing to give up that much for Bradley Beal and also forego the chances at a Kevin Durant? Or do you not think Kevin Durant's realistic, so it's like, all right, let's just get what we can right now and stop bypassing these superstars because we've already bypassed, although it's arguable who bypassed who, whether we... Well, we said no to Paul George, obviously, but clearly we don't. We didn't trade for Paul George. We didn't trade for Kawhi Leonard. Are we going to not trade for a guy like Bradley Beal again, even though he's not necessarily in the same caliber as those guys? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so, so here's my thing. I, I don't have the same love and adoration that you have for Bradley Beal. So for me, <laughs> it's a no-brainer. No, we, we shouldn't even look that guy's way um i think our team is looking pretty formidable right now um i wouldn't think if you were to go up to um lebron and ask him you know because in the end all trades have to go through lebron Mm -hmm. if you were to ask him hey bradley beal brandon ingram who would you take i think right now he still sides with bi oh interesting Uh, yeah, I, I feel like Beal's not the superstar caliber mm-hmm. 
<laughs> he's an all-star, but I don't think he's a superstar. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't break up our, our young core for, for Bradley, but I, I know how much you love him. So, um, I think the question is better to you rather than to me. <laughs> oh, I mean, I actually agree. I, and I, because of all the factors that I just stated, I think to, to trade for Bradley Beal, what exactly is that doing? Does that move the needle for us? You know, we're going to be a better team for this year, right? But mm-hmm. what does that do if we eat into max cap space when it, it's, look, it's going to take some patience, right? But isn't the best case scenario still, let's say, okay, let's remove Kevin Durant entirely out of the equation. Let's say he's not coming to the Lakers, right? Wouldn't mm-hmm. you still rather walk into, walk into the summer 2019 with all of the assets available and see who's out there? Because you can sign a guy like Chris Middleton, who, what, he's averaging like the same thing as Bradley Beal pretty much. He's a little older, but Chris Middleton is like lights out, three-point shooter, good defender. You could sign him for that if as a plan C, right? And still keep yeah. all of your assets. In yeah. this scenario, you're, you're freely giving away assets when you don't necessarily have to, right? So that's my biggest right. problem with it. As much as I love Bradley Beal. Now, let's say, I think if, if the timing of things worked out differently, and let's say we had already signed, let's say we signed Kemba Walker in the summer, right? Would you be opposed to all of, all of a sudden then say saying, okay, let's trade for Bradley Beal with the rest of our assets? So that would mean that our core would be LeBron, Kemba, and Bradley. Yeah, and you can probably still keep Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma because they make so little. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that changes things. But like you said, at this point, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, so that I mean, that's where I stand as much as I love Bradley Beal. And I was going to ask you, Beal or no Beal? But obviously, <laughs> you have already made your answer, and I missed that opportunity to give that amazing pun, which actually has also been one of my fantasy team names in the past. I love Bradley Beal so much, and you can bet he is on my dynasty, or sorry, my keeper, my keeper team this year. Oh yeah, and he will be going. And forward. he will be in the next. I think I keep him for the next two years. But yeah, no, I mean, at the end of the day, look, uh, Bradley Beal is a guy who I think can legitimately be a second or a second superstar to LeBron, but I don't think it's worth giving up the amount we're going to have to give up. Right. And then also forego a chance at Kevin Durant, even if it's like a small chance, you know, because even if you don't have Kevin Durant, there are still other guys out there that are free agents. And it's, it's wiser to keep all your options open than to limit them as soon as this mid season, you know, because that's essentially what you're doing when you're trading for a guy like Bradley Beal. It's like, you better be sure if you get Bradley Beal that he's the missing piece, you know? Yeah. yeah. And right now that's not the stage we're at. And like you said, the Lakers are kind of hitting their stride. They're nine and seven. They've had a very tough schedule to start the season off with, and they've been beating up on teams they should beat up, save the Orlando Magic, although the Orlando Magic have been playing a little better this season. I think like that was 500. a trap game, though. That oh, was it, it totally trap, was. And yeah. the Lakers were off for like two days, too, after beating the Portland Trailblazers, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. So with that said, let's turn our eyes over to the young core. You know, I, I set you up for that question earlier talking about, like, why has LeBron James turned it on? And one of the options was, has he turned it on because he's kind of getting a little bit impatient with the young core? 
they've each had their moments, right? Josh Hart has had his moments, especially recently, right? Uh, power forward Josh Hart is killing it <laughs> against uh, bigger dudes who are trying to post them up and they can't seem to move an inch. And then all of a sudden finding their dunks blocked by this six foot five guy coming out of nowhere. Kyle Kuzma's had his moments, obviously, getting hot against the Denver game, 37 points or 34 points, whatever he had. Um, Brandon Ingram has had his moments. Lonzo Ball as well, especially when uh, Rondo was suspended. But look, all in all, what we've got in here is an inconsistent product by these young guys. And I think even recently, since Brandon Ingram has been back from his suspension, he has, been, he has looked kind of super wonky. Uh, his offense has been very clunky. Um, his fit with LeBron has been a little dubious. And mm-hmm. the ISO play, sorry, the ISO play with the post-ups, uh, the over-dribbling to try and kind of do some and one street ball moves on on, on his defender while not really going anywhere or while ending up with a contested mid-range jump shot. It, it, it's, it's a little bit concerning, but I, I guess I want to turn it to you and ask, how concerned are you about the status of our young guys right now? Or to you, is this just part of the learning curve and learning process playing with LeBron? Even if coming into this just intuitively, you would probably say, well, doesn't LeBron James just make your life easier? Isn't Kuzma getting the easiest looks he's ever gotten in his life? How come he's still shooting sub 30% from three, et cetera, et cetera? Well, you said it. Um, consistency. I think LeBron has now seen the peaks of all the players, and he's also seen the valleys as well. So with, with Brandon, I think... LeBron, and I could be overthinking things, but I think LeBron is playing mind games with, with B.I. And I'll tell you why. Okay. <laughs> um, I think, well, from what I've heard, LeBron in his interviews, he seems still very high and very confident on B.I. Um, and I, th- I would assume that in practices and, and just in conversation, LeBron really tries to push Brandon to be aggressive and he wants to see what his ceiling is in terms of offensive play so he's trying to get the full range of what Brandon can do and the only way I think LeBron is is um, trying to expedite the process is kind of letting him go ISO and letting him and encouraging him to do all those um, I guess one-on-one mess up plays um even if it's ugly even if it's ugly because he knows it's still early and he wants to see if brandon is really someone he can keep on the team Hmm, that's very interesting so essentially you're saying he's trying to see whether or not this guy is the next paul george or the next luau Deng. right and he's and he's saying you know confidence boosting things to him just trying to be you know the ultimate teammate for now until maybe he gets sick of him and says, "Okay, well, he's not gonna, he's not gonna be that guy." Um, so still, you know, testing the waters with Brandon. I think for the other guys, it's a little more different. He, you know, LeBron knows that they're not gonna be that number two guy um, with him. They'll be solid um, kind of fillers and, and role player guys with um, you know their their specialties. But I think. Like Kuzma and Hart, he knows what they bring. But B.I. is still kind of, we don't know yet. So let me just, you know, hold 
hold all things for now and see how he does. Um, but yeah, I, I think right now we're, like I said, we're doing really well in the past week. Um, so do we have the it factor? I think maybe now, but, uh, it is early in the season and I think Braun is still kind of testing his patience and seeing if, if this is the right, uh, squad to roll with. This is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. So I think that's an interesting theory that you brought up with B.I. and part of the reason why we continue to see these sets and plays run for him because, you know, three games ago you could have said, let's let's pull the plug on this. You know, we should run some more action where it's off-ball movement and motion offense, right? Where LeBron, Mm -hmm. or even just give the ball to LeBron, which I guess has kind of been happening in the clutch recently, but B.I. still gets his fair share of those shots. Um, How much of it is that, though? And also just this is the type of player that Brandon Ingram is who he kind of needs the ball um, to kind of feed off of, or he needs to get some of that energy by pounding the ball, and, and that's how he gets into a rhythm, you know? Because Kyle Kuzma... I mean, the benefits of Kyle Kuzma is he kind of just fits seamlessly with LeBron as that perfect off-ball complement, cutting, spacing the floor. Even though I know he's only shooting 29%, that guy just gives defenses cause for concern. You know, they're still afraid of him. They're not thinking, oh, that guy's only shooting 29%. I'm not going to come out to that guy, you know? But Kyle Kuzma is that perfect sidekick wingman because he doesn't really need the ball too much. He doesn't need to dribble it. And it's funny, in the Miami Heat game, I think three of his shots were turnaround Kobe jumpers in the post, which is pretty insane and pretty cool to see. But how much of it is if if Kalkuna was more of that type player who kind of needed the ball and needed to pound it the way that Brandon Ingram does, would he be getting more of those opportunities? Or do they also just know, like, Brandon Ingram is not the same type of fluid offensive player that Kyle Kuzma is, so we kind of got to energize him in this way do you think part of that is uh in play there outside of let's see what this guy can do because for me i think i would argue that this is how they've brought brandon ingram up to be it to this point even before lebron and so i think they're and, and i guess it's going back to maybe what you were saying they're trying to test the limits of whether or not they've kind of gone wrong with the player mold that they've given brandon ingram if that makes sense yeah i to me brandon is still very confusing <laughs> just, <laughs> just watching him play um you know with um i remember during one interview with lebron someone asked him about bi and his response was bi plays with bi pace kind of isolating himself just in an interview you know he plays mm-hmm. in his own world so i'm not sure if yeah like you said it is kind of just how we brought him up or maybe that's how he was i don't remember watching him in duke um and and seeing his offense you know although the college game is very different um i think he has the ability to be more than an iso player um like i said i, I think for now lebron is just really kind of seeing 
his ceiling and, and what he can do in ISO as well as, um, you know, you could see the sets that they run, just how he's supposed to end up with a ball in a certain spot. Sure. And, and um, you know, is he making those shots or not? So jury's still out on him. I'm not really sure. I can't really give you my two cents uh, in terms of a, a solid answer. But for me, I'd still stick with it. I think we're doing the right thing with him for now because it is, it is early. That's fair. So with that said, like looking at the entire scope of our guys, and this is how we'll end the show, for certain superstars, it's, it takes them a while, right, to kind of get into a groove. Like, for example, Jimmy Butler, right? He did not come out of the gate his first, even his first three years as that it guy, right? Kawhi Leonard, yeah. same thing. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo himself took a while as well. I mean, his first three years, he was averaging around 10 to 13 points, you know, and kind of looked super clunky and awkward. Um, the most recent example, Victor Oladipo, right? Took him, what, five years, six years to get to this point? Having said that, those guys that I kind of specifically cherry-picked for you, I feel like those guys are more the exception to the rule because that those are the lotto guys who figured it out late versus the entire crop of lottery guys who didn't pan out, if that makes sense, you know? So we can use those guys as examples and say, okay, you know, it's going to take our guys some time to, one, continue to find themselves, but also continue to find their identity in the midst of this super imposing force that LeBron James is, right? So that's going to take adjustment. Um, I guess for you, what's your level of patience here? Are you keeping perspective in terms of it's just going to take them time to have to fit, to learn how to fit with this LeBron James guy, even in spite of the fact that by all accounts, they should be getting easier shots. Their lives should be easier. But how come we're not necessarily seeing that effect on the floor right now? And I guess for you, has your projection of all of these guys kind of lowered? Or do you still think that they could be potential all-stars in the future? Or did you never think that they had that ceiling? Because I know that's what a lot of Lakers fans are kind of wondering about right now, especially with Brandon Ingram and then Kyle Kuzma. Is he just another Jordan Clarkson? Which, by the way, I don't think he is. He needs to play better defense, of course. But <laughs> yeah, so Lonzo Ball obviously had that zero pointer. <laughs> he had that offer against the, uh, the uh, Orlando Magic. His offense has kind of been up and down and all that, not been aggressive. Kyle Kuzma's defensive deficiencies has not been shooting the ball well at all either. He had those two single-digit games before hitting, I think, 13 points the last game. And then obviously Brandon Ingram just looking like a clunky fit next to LeBron. Has what you've seen recently kind of lowered your expectations on these guys? Or do you still think, hey, if Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, Oladipo, and Giannis could do it, our guys still have a shot? I, yeah, I think I would say the the guys that we have now are not going to become the Giannis uh, the Oladipo type rule, I mean, exceptions to the rule. Unfortunately, I don't see Brandon Ingram being like an elite, elite guy. Um, so I think that's why we're still going to have <laughs> to go out in free agency and get the brow or, or KD to really get a championship ring going. But um, all-stars, definitely, that that's doable. Um Maybe yeah, maybe a brand, uh, a Bradley Beal type, <laughs> a super a superstar, not quite, but an all star, yes. Um, 
you know, if, if we can get another guy, it's, it's going to take another guy. It's, it, we can't win with this current group. So we're, we'll, we'll need LeBron, another superstar, and then Brandon will be that third cog in the wheel. Let me ask you this, from what you've seen from the Boston Celtics and maybe Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who Jalen Brown, by the way, has been struggling, and Jason Tatum, while he looks fluid and he looks the part of a superstar on the court, his percentages actually don't bear that out as well this season. But given what you've seen from them and the tutelage that they've gotten from guys like Kyrie Irving and Al Horford, do you think just having LeBron on this team will help propel our guys who, let's say without LeBron James, yeah, they were never going to be superstars, but... Does that LeBron James factor kind of throw a wild card into things where, who knows? I mean, it's early, right? They still may not end up becoming superstars, but you never know what a what a guy like LeBron James can do for these guys' um, development, right? Do, do you believe in that at all? I don't know. So I'm trying to think back. Um, had, has LeBron really ever had a teammate that he kind of groomed himself into a superstar. No, I feel like all the guys he's played with have been superstars beforehand, right? The closest thing you could say was Kyrie, but he had made an all-star game right before LeBron James came. Yeah. So no, this is entirely new experiment. Right. So with that said, I don't think, yeah, he's going to be able to just turn someone guy, turn someone into a superstar just by being his teammate. I think it's, um, he can bring out efficiency in your play, but he's not gonna he's not gonna make you um, elite and push you to that next level. I will say this though, we haven't seen it yet, though, right? So we can't make a definitive case yeah. one way or another because LeBron yeah. James also hasn't had this amount of young potential guys on his group or young guys with potential, right? Or lotto picks, um, right? And I think the other thing is the biggest thing LeBron James will do will expedite these guys' development by getting them to the playoffs faster, right? And as we've seen from guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who knows what happens when these guys get into that competitive space and the best is brought out of them when the spotlight is there. You know, maybe the worst is brought out, but you never know till you get to that place. And with LeBron James on this team, they will perennially be a playoff team. And hopefully that helps our guys get to the next level. Right now, they are hitting their bumps and, and bruises. And it's taking a while to get in sync and find that comfortability with LeBron James. But in spite of that, the Lakers are are, are 9-7. and seven. They're crawling their way up the Western Conference. They are still... Fifth in the league in points per game with 116.7. Ninth in offensive rating. Fourth in pace. And their three-point percentage, actually, they're 16th in three-pointers made and 11th in three-point percentage at 36%. So they have kind of evened out in all of their weaknesses and continue to maintain all of their positives on the offensive end. They still need to do a lot to, uh, you know, improve their defense. They're 19th in defensive rating. Um, But... I think it's a good thing right now that our young guys have not yet totally clicked and not clicked at the same time, right? Um, LeBron is kind of tiding us over till that happens, and you hope it happens. My last question to you is, you said that they're not going to be superstars, right? But is that necessarily a bad thing? Could they be the right type of guys, complementary guys, to fill around a LeBron James and a Kevin Durant? 
or LeBron. I mean, that sounds so stupid. Anybody <laughs> that can, does sound <laughs> crazy. <laughs> you can literally pick anybody off the street and be like, that would be the right fit for LeBron James and Kevin Durant. <laughs> okay, so I mean, you know what I'm saying, though, right? Yeah, are these yeah, the type yeah. of complimentary guys who are the perfect fits for if you have two superstars? Let's say it's not Kevin oh, yeah. Durant, but it's LeBron James, and let's say it's even a Demarcus Cousins, right, or a Kemba Walker. Do yeah. we have the types of guys that can be those Lamar Odom guys at the end of the day who are helping be contributing players to winning basketball? Oh, for sure. I think, yeah, we kind of talked about it. Josh Hart, Kuzma, they have a, a, a specific role. And, you know, we're not leaning on them to to be like, uh, you know, take over the game type, type guys. Even Paul, you know, he he doesn't demand it as much, and I don't think he his play really gets um, determined by how much ball he <laughs> he holds on the court. Um, so good one. <laughs> yeah, I think I think those three guys they they fit the mold of, of the of the complimentary you know LeBron guys, LeBron teammates. It's just Brandon. We still don't know, and, and he's. Uh, I think LeBron's still trying to figure out. We're we're trying to figure that out, but you know, offensively, you just rattle off a bunch of stats, and I think offensively, we're we're okay. I don't think that's the concern. It's we sure. should be just doing a podcast on the terrible defense, so that <laughs> we can rant on on how bad we are. But you know, no one ever likes to talk about that because it's boring. <laughs> well, the good news is since Tyson Chandler has come, the Lakers' defensive rating and efficiency has kind of spiked, and he has really kind of held the fort down, especially doing that two-man duo with JaVale McGee, right? We like to talk about 40, 48 minutes of hell on the offensive end. In a way, they've done 48 minutes of just, like, bruising traditional center kind of stuff, <laughs> yeah. you know? where and I, and I think at times Tyson Chandler has shown himself to be the more stable defender right where JaVale McGee yeah. is the highlight blocker kind of he can mm -hmm. erase a shot wherever he is on the court but Tyson Chandler more oftentimes than not just kind of holds his ground stands his position and is able to do more of the small things so I think that's been an encouraging sign Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball have still done a great job defensively Brandon Ingram not so much when it comes to screens and trying to fight over screens kind of mm -hmm. gets bullied in that way um, Josh Hart still needs to work on his perimeter defense, but if you put a power forward or center on him, it's over. This <laughs> is like the weirdest thing. Right? <laughs> I mean, they're still working out the kinks in that respect, but the good news is what KCP has turned in, turned back into an NBA player and he's hitting that uh, KCP hot streak, you know? I mean, this yeah. is so KCP. Like when he gets going, He's going to hit yeah. some shots, but you just kind of smile and shake your head. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but but I will, I will give him credit too, for playing some really good solid defense as well, which I think earlier on in the season, you couldn't have even, even have said that just because it seemed like his confidence was waning in yeah. all aspects. Right. So, um, the Lakers are rounding into form. Rajon Rondo is doing his best as the Lakers best assistant coach on the sidelines right now. <laughs> and yeah, LeBron James is showing that he still has enough tricks in the bag to hold us over until the young guys start clicking. And who knows, maybe he can continue to still average 29 points in 34 minutes. We shall see. Um, Andy, with that said, thank you for joining me. Any plans for Thanksgiving this week? <sighs> no, not really. 
Just another Thanksgiving. <laughs> wow, so sad and depressing. I'm sure it'll be a lot more fun than that. Um, there's the football going on, right? And uh, oh, yeah. you're in the race in fantasy football trying to get your team into the playoffs. So good luck with that. Sure, you're going to have you. some turkey. This is Nolan's second Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, second Thanksgiving. It is, yeah. It so is. hopefully he has some fun eating solid food this time around. <laughs> yeah, Oh, we'll try go. it. Good luck. Nolan Thank with you. that tryptophan, if that's what you're going to have. Um, <laughs> with that said, yeah, the Lakers play on Wednesday against the Cavs. Hey, Woo-hoo. LeBron James back home for Thanksgiving. Hopefully he stuffs the Cavs oh, yeah. with a whole <laughs> bunch of grit. That. I don't know what the <laughs> heck that means, but... uh yeah. Uh, with that said, thank you guys for listening. Uh, once again, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes. The more you rate and review us, that's how many times. Uh, that's how many times. What, what do we want to happen here, Andy? That's how many times. I have no idea. I don't even know how you come up with that. I don't know how I come up with these things. Too. I, I got nothing for you guys. Uh, that's how many times that uh, Lance Stevenson will stop jumping into the air to do a. Th- 180 spin and pass it out to someone who's not there and then we get a turnover so there you go not as eloquent sounding as i wanted it to be but there you go and yeah have a happy thanksgiving everybody hopefully by the end of this the lakers are what they're nine and seven now hopefully they're 12 and seven by next week Mm. because they play the Cavs, very winnable game they play the sophomore slumping utah jazz at home on friday and then they play the orlando magic again at home revenge game (laughs) <laughs> by the oh yeah for us that's right against the magic yeah. you're right that's so sad that that's a revenge game but it is um so yeah here's to the lakers continuing to roll and not getting hit by that sleepy haze of uh thanksgiving break and the trip to fan and all that stuff uh we are thankful to have lebron james aren't we yes very thankful on my fantasy team <laughs> on your fantasy team and also helping us in our real life team uh thank you for hopping on and we will catch you sometime again soon This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more Yeah, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.